Well, it's December already, and this is the penultimate show before Christmas. I'm LJ, and this is Careers Talk. So we'll be taking a short break over the holidays, and in the next show, we'll have a look back at all the fantastic Q&As we've had on the site, and also at the interesting people we've chatted to in the studio. Which leads me nicely on to telling you who we have as our guest this week. We have persuaded one of our colleagues, Rebecca Lovell, to come in and tell us all about her career, which has included various stints at the BBC on radio and also in TV. She now works for us as a video producer and is normally running out of the building with a camera on a story. I didn't want to be cutting other people's packages. I wanted to be out and about talking to people, being put in situations, you know, finding out about people's stories. Shahini is back this week with another Just the Job. I should say jobs because I think there are more than one position available with this employer and it's located or they're located in the beautiful Lake District. Pick the Poster is actually one of our experts this week, Philip Landau. He talks to intern Kate about his role as an expert on the forums and tells us a little bit about how he became a solicitor. My employment law interest blossomed and I loved the aspect of dealing with individuals and making a real difference to their lives. But first, we have to say hello to Kerry. Hi, Kerry. Hi, LJ. Have you had a nice week? Yeah, I've had a busy week. We've had four Q&As, but it's been good. Now, you went to a panto this week, didn't you? Or you tried to go to a panto, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were a media sponsor, so we had tickets through work, and we left sort of two hours in advance to get to the Hackney Empire for the show starting at seven to see Aladdin. But at half seven, we were still stuck in traffic, so we didn't make it. I'm planning to squeeze another panto in before December's out, don't worry. You like your pantos, don't you? Yep. I was trying to think of something funny panto-ish to say there. Uh, Oh, no, you don't. (laughs) Anyway. I'm not going to get into that one with you. No. (laughs) Okay, so the Q&A, what was it this week that you picked out? We have been talking about uh, graduate schemes, so it was a guide to graduate schemes and it was quite a popular one. The reason that I chose to talk about this is there's quite a few companies at the moment looking for graduates. It's ongoing throughout the year, but there's people like Tesco, EDF Energy, uh, the Civil Service, Fast Streams, Open, the NHS, and the Prison Service as well are looking for graduates. Who who did you have on the panel this week then? Uh, We had quite a lot of experts. The NHS joined us. They have the Management and Leadership Programme. We had uh, Engine, which is a communications uh, agency, and their MD joined us because he'd got into the industry through a graduate scheme himself we had um, Lloyd's they also put forward a graduate that was now working on their management office I think or markets to talk about their experiences and give tips and we had like HR experts our career experts and some headhunters as well that work quite closely with graduates too oh, good so was it quite positive in in the forums or I thought so I mean it covered a lot of issues so we were talking about how tough it's going to be you know in the current market how oversubscribed the the schemes might be. One of the key messages during the Q&A was uh, quality of applications. You know, you really have to put the effort in. It's not something you can take a scattergun approach to. Don't just apply for everything thinking that, you know, quantity is going to get ahead. It's, It's really about the quality here. And one of our experts even has a little formula There's a group, so you've got the no-hope, as he called them. It's like 10% of applications, so it's people who make spelling mistakes, don't really know about the company they're applying for, and they're the sort of applications go straight in the bin. 
Then there is 20% of the applications, which are the stars, the people that know everything about the company, have you know been building up to apply into this, and they're the delight to read applications. But the 70% is the middle ground. And that's not people that are below average. This is good, solid applicants that have got good qualifications, probably been travelling, which he said was boring. It was a boring thing to have on I think he said yawn, didn't he? Yawn. I read that post. Yeah, it was yawn in brackets. Um, and they're the people that need to concentrate on taking themselves from solid to the stars to the 20%. So, What what other tips did they they come up with? I've got another post that I wanted to discuss. It was about um, the 2-1 issue. Oh, yeah. So somebody was asking about something they'd noticed that a lot of schemes want a 2-1 or above and a lot of employers want that as well. And due to illness at university, they had got a 2-2 and they want to know how they can get around this. You know, what can they do to to get past the 2-1 barrier? Yeah. Uh, and the feedback that we got, it's not all about your degree on these schemes. Like we were just talking about, they're looking at experience and achievements outside of university as well. You know, you're not all about your degree. The employers that some of the experts work with say that a lot of students and graduates rely too heavily on their academic right. achievements. So There's so many people that have got degrees now. Again, it makes it difficult to stand out, mm. doesn't it? And although that's a prerequisite, you still need to go above and beyond yeah. that. So it's sort of take, that's a given, isn't it? That, that, that's kind of like the foundation. It's everything else on top, isn't it? Yeah. The experts also said, you know, don't get too hung up on the fact that you haven't achieved a 2-1 because, like I said, it's not all about academic achievement. Look elsewhere. Look for other schemes that will be looking to award you on your potential or looking out for talent as well there are a lot of schemes out there like that they want work-related skills and experience too I've got a couple the NHS management scheme looks people with two twos or above oh okay uh, there's a group on Facebook called Advertising Applicants 2009, which has got a good range of schemes, and they're not all for 2-1 right. achievers. But, you know, they're not going to not put you through just because of a couple of grades. If you've got potential, they're not going to let you just slip by. So any other good tips and advice that yeah. came out from the forums? Great tips, actually. Um, don't give up if you don't get accepted onto your dream scheme first time. You know, if your name keeps cropping up, you keep applying for the same scheme or similar schemes within... What, year after year? Yeah, or companies run different schemes as well so they might for example have an engineering scheme and a general scheme so if you're going for both then you're going to stand out and your commitment and you know interest in the company is going to come through you know some people might think that that is not showing commitment to one particular scheme and that's not what they're saying they're saying it does show that they you definitely want to work in that company yeah you know apply for For everything that's going as long as it's relevant to your experience and the quality of the application is good yeah Mm. that's right yeah are most of these schemes open now yeah, like I said earlier, they're sort of ongoing rolling. The ones that I mentioned earlier, Tesco, EDF, National Grid, Ofcom and NHS, they're all open now, but there's a, a link to all those on the website. Excellent. All right. Thanks very much, Kerry. Okay. Joining us in the studio now is Rebecca Lovell. Rebecca has moved from TV to radio and back again. She has written, presented and directed, and now she produces. In short, she's had an enviable career. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Thank you for coming in and sparing us some time. No problem. So before we talk about your career, tell us a bit about what you do day to day and explain, because the listeners probably won't have a, a good idea about video producer, what that is. Yeah, I'm one of um, several video producers on The Guardian's team and I started when the department started up two and a half years ago and I sort of do a combination of 
churning out the news footage. So if you go to our site, you'll see anything from Terry Henry's handball episode to, um, I think we've got David Beckham on the front of the site today. And then I also go and shoot and direct and produce and then edit our own packages which tend to be more featurey and we've got a little bit more time too so we might go and film something like this week I was filming chickens in Hackney (laughs) and uh, which I'm currently in the middle of editing I mean you sort of then take responsibility for your report from right from start to the finish and so are you given stories or do you find your stories how does it work Um, at the moment we've got a sort of shift pattern so I'll either be on the new shift for a week and then I might be on features for two weeks and then I might be sort of floating around and it's a sort of combination of stuff that you're setting up yourself but also we have sort of things that we've got to do like the strand items like filming how to dress how to dress yeah, which is our fashion editor, Jess Cartner-Morley, who listeners might be familiar with in print. Um, we now have moved her strand on into video oh, okay. and she basically picks out certain clothes. So it might be draping or velvet or the biker <laughs> look. And she will um, show, she'll try on one outfit and show three or four and talk about them. You know, the idea is that you get a sort of on trend and you actually get to see the clothes oh, yeah, and no, then the really prices and where they come from come up on screen as well. So Excellent. that's something that has translated really well from print yeah, to video. Yeah. It sounds really interesting and a brilliant job, isn't it? Is it's it? absolutely brilliant. I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean I love the getting out and about. You know, you've got to kind of get in all those different filming scenarios. You have to go, and I enjoy, really enjoy that element of it. Yeah. Plus the ownership of your own material, you know, so you get to edit it and make all those decisions as well. I've got much more control yeah. of the items here. Yeah, which which I really enjoy. And you're also responsible, you know, if you don't get a particular shot that you needed, you know, you've only got yourself to blame. Yeah, yeah, that's the downside. <laughs> the downside, yeah, there are some downsides. Yeah. So um, let's go back a little bit and talk about your career. So I know you started your first placement was in Germany wasn't it? Yes I worked for a children's news program in um, Germany for their public service broadcasting called ZDF for a program called Logo which is the equivalent of Newsround children's news program. I just wrote them and they allow me to do a placement so I just got allowances and expenses and it was really my first introduction to you know a television studio and how they worked and I went out with reporters and just sort of watched what they was doing. I mean I was particularly useless there because you know I didn't have really any of the skills but I was sort of soaking it all up so it was all really fascinating. What gave you the idea of uh, applying to Germany then? I'd done four years of a German degree and um, I spent a year in Berlin and I wanted to go back to Germany because I had you know for personally I had like I was desperately in love so (laughs) I did everything I could to get back there. It's always about a boy. (laughs) At the end of the day yeah yeah, there was a boy at the other end of the line so. So that then led on to your quite a long stint with the BBC didn't it in various guises so the first one was at the World Service wasn't it how did that come about and how did you get into the BBC because we get asked so many times on the forums all the time people want to know how to get into the BBC and it's a very difficult process from the outside so give us some insight Rebecca. 
I think like lots of people who are writing these questions, it seemed like a completely closed shop and it was very difficult. So the first thing I did was just ask everybody and anybody that my family and friends knew and eventually there was somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who worked at the World Service and I was very persistent and she allowed me to come in for a day and then when I was actually in the building and I looking back I can't believe I had the cheek to do this <laughs> and so what I did was phone the manager who organized the radio production assistants and said hi I'm spending a day in the building is there any possibility that I could trail somebody for the next few days so that one day turned into a week and then she had shifts and she just gave me a few freelance shifts and then I think a contract came up and then you know I was away sort of thing but it was a big decision to leave because I've, I then went in, uh, to City University and did, and did a postgraduate in broadcast journalism because they were um, interviews coming up for staff jobs. But I decided uh, that having looked around, I was never going to be able to get beyond being a radio production assistant because very few people did at that level actually move on to being a producer on the programme. So yeah, that was quite brave then to, to leave having got in. It was. I didn't. Yeah, it was quite a big decision. But at the end of the day, I was quite clear about about what I wanted. So and um, what was that, Rebecca? It was to be out and about and actually be doing the reporting. I didn't want to be cutting other people's packages. I wanted to be out and about talking to people, being put in situations, you know, finding out about people's stories. So once you qualified and you got your your postgrad, what happened? Well, During the course, we got absolutely invaluable access to extended work experiences. So I did three weeks at BBC Radio Cambridgeshire. Plus, I also organised to go to CFAX, BBC CFAX. So I did those two work experiences alongside each other during my course. And because of that, I then got offered freelance work at both places. So at one stage, I was just doing this mad timetable, driving up to Cambridge and getting it back at 10 o'clock at night. And the shifts at the CFAX would start at six in the morning. Oh so <laughs> I was doing that bonkers thing that I'm sure everybody's done. But um, yeah, it's a bit fun. But you didn't stay in radio then, did you? What, what happened? Why, why did you move from radio? I wanted to move over to television because it just looked a bit more glamorous <laughs> and a bit more fun. And I don't know, I don't always watch lots of television and thought, oh, yeah, I could, that, be, that looks great fun. So via the CFAX, I started on the CFAX, I was writing for the Newsround pages. And once they sort of established that you can write, they moved me over to the programme or you know, a job came up and I applied for it. I mean, just had such a great time on that programme. Did you? I absolutely loved it. And yeah. also I got such a variety of things to do because I eventually ended up studio directing. I mean, it's only a 10-minute live show, but it's... The shots and everything. That's very exactly. exciting. Exactly. So you yeah. go, get to go down onto the studio, set the shots for the presenter. Um, you know, and then you're actually sort of calling everything. Picking the cameras, the yeah. Yeah, and it was, it really was good, good fun. fun. Yeah. It was good fun. Yeah. And, and they were just, just a lovely bunch of people to work for. You know, not at all sort of arrogant or presentary. The actual presenters there lovely people. Then you've had various jobs haven't you uh, within the BBC doing different things and do you on Liquid News? I moved from Newsround to Liquid News which is a showbiz news programme um, when it started up really on BBC Three and then it moved on to BBC One once a week. <laughs> I mean it was just it's so on me it's so funny now looking back to think I was doing showbiz reporting yeah but you know looking back it, it was it was a funny thing to have done. Mm. What do you think you learned from that? I got very fast at doing things and unfazed by breaking news. 
So you moved quite quickly from, from there. Yeah, I came back and I started freelancing and started freelancing for the Guardian's Children's News Service, but it was much more education-based. It's called Learn News Desk, and it's commercial product. And then a job came up here, and I had an interview and got the job here. And in a way, I was kind of, kind of, you know, perfectly qualified to to do this job because of my background in television. Apart from the fact that I hadn't actually edited before, oh, the, you? it's been a great learning curve to get that skill under my belt as well. And I really enjoy the editing yeah. process. I hadn't expected to, but I really, really it's love a really it. Creative part, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So for people that are wanting to do the same kind of things that you've done, what would you, what advice would you have given yourself? I would say just get on and do it. So if you want to start making films, you know, pick up a camera, start using it, start watching lots of television and see how they shoot and edit films together. Get yourself some work experience, um, but be quite targeted, know what you want. Working in news is very, very different to working in features. It's very, very different working for a current affairs programme or for a nature programme. So really know what you want and I always think that's sort of 90% of the battle. Okay thank you very much for your time I better let you go so you can get cut back some things. to the chickens in Hackney. What are the chickens doing in Hackney? They're just living in Hackney. They're, uh, they're, on their own? Pro- are they <laughs> they're a little house? <laughs> they have a little house and they're producing eggs right. and uh, it's part of a, a sort of green living strand. Right okay we'll look forward to watching those. And now from us to you with our Pick the Poster slot. But we've got a bit of a difference this week. It's not actually one of our posters. It's one of our experts, Philip Landau. I knew from probably about the age of 16, 17, that I wanted to go into a profession. But I didn't like medicine, couldn't stand the sight of blood. And I was no good at figures. So that ruled out accountancy as well. So that left me with the other uh, alternative big profession, which was the legal profession. So what made you focus on employment law specifically? I originally was doing litigation. I started to do my first employment law case. Uh, I remember it was a lady who had been unfairly dismissed from a bank. And I acted for her on a no-win, no-fee basis. And I got a very successful outcome for her. I really enjoyed that type of work. And from that case, which I remember very well, my employment law interest blossomed. And I loved the aspect of dealing with individuals uh, because I only act for employees and not employers. I'd like to think I have good personal skills, which it does require because it's a very sensitive area and it's a very tactical area as well. And those are all skills that you need to successfully do this type of job. And it is a fascinating area constantly changing, dealing with those individual people's concerns and making a real difference to their lives. And what kind of cases do you see most frequently? At the moment, the most frequent type of cases I'm seeing are people who have been made redundant, some of which uh, are fair and some of which are unfair. There's a correct process that needs to be followed if the redundancy is to be fair, and of course it has to be a genuine redundancy in the first place. In a lot of cases, especially with the recession, it's uh, allowed employers to perhaps short-circuit some of the redundancy processes and perhaps um, try and colour situations in a certain way to get rid of people who perhaps they might otherwise have found it more difficult to get rid of when the times were good. Um, You're also an expert on our careers forum site. Um, Is this something that you enjoy doing or 
Yes, I am uh, an expert uh, on the Guardian Careers site, and I really enjoy doing that. It's a very uh, novel way of interacting with people who have employment problems. They also focus the issues more because, obviously, when you're dealing with inquiries face-to-face or over the telephone, you can speak to somebody for a long period of time, but the issues actually translate to one or two very small points. And on the message boards, on the career site, those points are often put down very succinctly and my response can be as succinct, and so it's good for me and it's good for them as well. I also read that you enjoy uh, watercolour painting, so how important do you think it is to strike a good work-life balance? I think it's very important to strike a good work-life balance. The work that I do is extremely demanding, but um, I do find it's important to then relax out of work, and I do very much enjoy watercolour painting. I enjoy travelling simply getting out of the office, frankly, even at lunchtimes. Uh, it's amazing how half an hour walk at lunchtime can clear the head. So as long as you can organise your work accordingly, I'm very much into taking a break and uh, making sure that um, it's not all work 24 hours a day because that's not going to be good for anyone. That was Philip Landau talking to Kate. So Shahini has joined us again in the studio. Hi, Shahini. Hello. You're becoming a bit of a regular. I am, yes. <laughs> so you've brought us some more Just the Jobs. And I say plural because there are a couple of jobs, aren't there? Yeah, there are four jobs in particular for this local council. But I think you're going to just talk about one. Yes, I'm just going to... Um give the description of uh, one specific job I mean you can find more out on the website for the other vacancies but I'll just uh, specify on the assistant director position. Okay tell us more. There are four positions for South Lakeland District Council who are an ambitious council serving in one of the most spectacular corners of England including Lake District, the Yorkshire Dales and Morecambe Bay. I mean, uh, they've currently, like I said, have got four posts. Um, They're trying to deliver an exciting agenda of making their area the best place to live, the best place to work and visit. So in specific, I'm going to just give a quick rundown on the assistant director position, which is the highest level post they're recruiting for at the moment. Okay. Um, I mean, it's in the corporate vision department for 37 hours per week and a salary of 48k to just over 52k so a very good salary for this position senior senior it is yes i mean there are three other positions uh management vacancies but this is the highest level one as part of the uh, assistant director post you'll be leading corporate teams responsible for all aspects of policy performance risk management partnerships and research and intelligence as well as change and transformation this isn't actually an entry-level job they are looking for experience Um, in particular this role uh, will require an individual skilled in uh, strategy development partnership working with an emphasis on performance management and in continuous improvement so I mean all four vacancies are actually situated within the council uh, which is actually in Kendall Oh, lovely. Yeah, That's very the, lovely place. The, the mint cake, isn't it? Kendall mint cake. <laughs> exactly. Have you been there before? I have, yes. I've been to the Lake District uh, several occasions. Lovely, lovely place. Gorgeous, yeah. Um, really, really stunning place to work. work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you tempted by any of those? I am, actually. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to tell my boss that, but no. yeah, I was tempted. Well, we've, we've got it um, on air now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's not listening. No. <laughs> so just tell us where you can find out more information. Okay, so you can find out more on uh, guardianjobs.co.uk for details on all four vacancies. Okay, brilliant. Thanks very much, Shahini. Thank you. Thanks. Well, that's about it. 
just enough time to tell you what's coming up next week. Over to you, Kerry. All right. Um, Q&A is next week. We've got nursing on December the 8th, and that's following the announcement that all new nurses are going to be degree level qualified from 2013. So we've got the NHS, the Royal College of Nursing, and some specialist recruiters for that as well. The directors of Channel 4's comedy drama Castoffs, Amanda Boyle and Miranda Bowen, are going to be joining us in the forum to talk about their careers and about the show. And, and that's on December the And there are guests in the studio next week as well. Yep. Very excited to meet them. Yeah. Have, you, have you been watching Cast Offs? Yep. It's really good. I'm loving it. It's really funny. I like it too. We're talking about working for museums on December the 10th. So professionals from the sector are going to talk about their jobs and careers and discuss schemes such as the Creative Apprenticeship Award, which is for non-graduates to get into the museum sector. And December the 11th, we're talking about uh, translation and interpreting, and our panel includes the European Commission. Oh, wow. That's quite a coup. Excellent. (laughs) Look forward to that. Yep, they will be really interesting to talk to. Many thanks to our guest, Rebecca Lovell, Shahini from Guardian Jobs, our expert, Philip Landau, and of course, as always, Kerry, thank you. Thank you. Don't forget, you can find out more information on everything we've talked about and more by going to careers.guardian.co.uk. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm LJ Flutrani and thanks for listening. <laughs>